Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Assessing the impact of tillage systems and rotations is becoming increasingly important, not only for profitability, but also for biodiversity and for the wider environment that we live in. There is terrific research being carried out all across Europe in this area. However, finding work in a climate which is similar to Ireland and therefore results which may be somewhat repeatable here is more difficult. I was lucky enough to visit the James Hutton Institute in Scotland a couple of years ago and got a look around their impressive large-scale farm-based trials. So today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Cathy Hawes, a researcher in the James Hutton just outside Dundee in Scotland, to discuss ongoing trials there. Cathy, you're very welcome and I'm delighted you could join us. So Cathy, you might describe a little bit about the James Hutton Institute for us. The James Hutton Institute is um, divided across two main sites. We've got a um, institute site at Dundee and another one in Aberdeen um, associated with two research farms. So in Aberdeen at Glensock Farm, it's an upland um, livestock and agroforestry site, about 1,000 hectares there. Um, and uh, down near Dundee, the Balrudder and Mil- Milnfield farms um, are roughly 270 hectares. Um, and that's for arable and soft fruit production. Um, the research covers quite a wide range of areas, um, all sorts of focusing on protecting and enhancing resilience and sustainability, um, looking at both natural and farm ecosystems, trying to design systems for multiple benefits. Um, and at, at the Dundee site, we've also got a lot of research looking at um, developing new pro- um, uh, cr- new crops and production methods to help develop um, better food security and environmental protection. Um, so all of this research um, involves a lot of engagement with um, farmers. Um, so we have a number of regular annual events at both um, at both sites. So Arable Scotland, there's a Leaf Technical Days. Um, Royal Highland Show we're involved with every year, Food for the f- Future and that sort of thing. Um, as well as informal visits and farm tours and workshops and that kind of thing. Um, but also more recently, there's been a lot more research um, that is directly involved with um, farmers where trials are carried out on commercial farms. Um, so there's um, a couple of EU projects that, that we're involved with at the moment on biodiversity management um, with farmer clusters. Um, intercropping trials as part of a diversified project um, and legume-based systems. So, so a, a, a good combination of experimental sites and and on-farm commercial trials too. Okay, and I, I suppose most of the results that you're that you're talking about there would be pretty farmer-ready, if you like. They could probably take them on relatively quickly, could they? Uh, yes, um, yes. It's all all designed to be. Um, um, commercially realistic and something that people can can do um, quickly and easily. A lot of that is is, is to do with direct drilling and um, intercropping trials particularly. Okay. So Cathy, your um, uh, role then, James Hutton, what's, what specifically is your major interest? I'm, I'm an ecologist. Um, uh, my background's in um, plant and insect ecology. I'm looking at the impact of um, management practices on biodiversity um, and the um, the use of biodiversity for ecosystem services and, and the functioning of arable ecosystems. So I'm coming at it from 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 that perspective. Okay, very good. So, and I suppose that maybe just to, before we get into the the, the 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 trial, I want to discuss with you. What I want to just do is give our listeners maybe a little bit of an indication about 
how similar Scotland is in comparison to Ireland, uh, maybe in, in, in terms of typical rainfall or you know the average yields that you would see up around your part of the world in terms of winter wheat or spring barley? Sure, yeah. Well, actually, we're, we're on the um, east coast here, so it's actually quite dry. Um, I think the, the average rainfall is about 800 mils. Um, and it's particularly dry in the spring, which can be a problem for establishment, particularly sort of undersown crops like um, uh, undersown clover in a spring barley. Um, so those, those are the sort of issues we have over, over on the arable east side of the, of the country. Um, spring barley yields are about uh, six tonnes per hectare and winter wheat would be um, around about eight. Okay. So I suppose just, just in context, I suppose um, people can often um, forget about mills versus inches. So, I mean, 850, as you mentioned there, would be similar to Carlo uh, uh, in Oak Park, pretty similar to that. And yields are maybe a wee bit lower than, 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 than we would get here in Ireland. But look, it gives people a little bit of context, at least anyways. Mm-hmm. So in terms of this long-term um, cropping study that you have, um, maybe you might describe the types of areas that you're trying to look at within that long-term study. And I suppose maybe the purpose is the overall aims of what it's trying to achieve. Okay, yeah, sure. It's a, it's a long-term trial that was set up in 2009. Um, and I guess the, the, um, the aim is to look at designing a cropping system that gives you multiple benefits. So we're trying to improve the quality of the soil, um, improve biodiversity and reduce pollution from the system, but doing all of those things while maintaining crop yields. Um, So we're looking at um, multiple benefits and increasing the efficiency of production so that we can um, grow good quality crops at um, financially um, viable um, yield levels uh, but without the environmental impact that we sometimes see. Um, so the, the, plat- the platform was set up in 2009, so we're now um, halfway through the second six-year rotation. It's a 46-hectare site um, covering six fields, and the rotation is a, a potato, a winter wheat, winter barley, oilseed rape and uh, beans and spring barley. So it's it's more diverse than you would normally expect. Um, but we chose those crops because they're um, representative of the area that we're, that we're in and uh, the focus for a lot of the research at the Institute. So we wanted to be able to include the full, the, that, that full range of crops so that we can say how they respond um, to a lower input, hopefully more sustainable um, cropping system. So we divided each of those field, those six fields into two halves um, so that we can test the effect of the integrated cropping um, system against standard conventional practice. So you've got a, a baseline against which to measure um, the impact that we're, that we're having. I was lucky enough, um, Kathy, to come across and visit you there um, a couple of years ago. And, and, and it's a lovely site that you have, lovely, or I suppose, undulating hills around you uh, um, with a, uh, a stream running down through the centre of it. I might describe the um, soil as kind of a clay loam kind of soil, I think maybe, is it? Um, yeah, yeah, silt, silty clay loam. Silty clay loam. Um, so it's lovely. It, it's a really lovely site. But in terms of when we were there, you were mentioning that um, the system you're trying to measure sustainability and you had a lot of different measures around that. Maybe you might describe some of the components that you're that, 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 that you have and that you are measuring in that. 
Yeah, sure. Um, we basically try to cover everything, <laughs> which can be a bit of a challenge, um, because the idea is that we're taking a whole systems approach. Um, so it's important um, in this sort of study not to look at any one aspect in isolation, because there are so many trade-offs that you get between the different parts of the system. Um, so the way that we're trying to, to get around that is to um, look at a set of key indicators. Um, so we've got indicators of the economic and environmental um, components of sustainability. So from the economic side of things, it, it's um, indicators that give you a, an estimate of um, financial margin. So input costs, tractor time, fuel use, um, obviously yield um, and sale prices. So those things um, together uh, give you a relative measure of the difference between the, the, the cropping systems. From the environmental um, side of things, um, we've got indicators of soil quality. So this is things like physical structure, um, plant nutrients, carbon content, uh, microbial diversity, and um, soil functions like litter decomposition and nutrient turnover. Um, and then for biodiversity, we've got um, measures of plant and invertebrate diversity, um, particularly focusing on beneficial insects like pollinators um, and natural enemies. Um, and we're looking at weeds, um, in-field weeds, um, both in terms of the diversity and for the resource that they provide to pollinators, but also balancing that against competition with the crop um, where the abundance gets too high. Um, and then find the, the sort of final aspect of that is the is the crop itself. Um, so obviously we've got yield mapping, um, but also measures of, of pest and disease incidence and, and, and crop development through the season. So we're measuring all of those indicators in both um, cropping systems across the six year rotation so that we can get a, hopefully get a reasonable idea for the overall impact on sustainability. Okay, well, um, by the sounds of all that, I hope you have an army of people helping you trying to trying to figure out and measure all of those various different areas because it's uh, it sounds very comprehensive and and I suppose it's brilliant that that there is a trial like that looking at all those various different aspects because um, I suppose any system has to be looked at in its whole uh, to get the to see what the pluses and minuses are for any any part of it. Mm -hmm. um, just ask you then, in terms of the establishment systems that you um, have uh, running in that uh, systems trial, what are they? And maybe you might describe why they were chosen. Uh huh. Um, well, the the for the conventional side, it's just the standard mobile plow, um, just because that's the most commonly used um, cultivation in the area, and so so that that's that's our sort of baseline standard. Um, on the um, integrated side, the aim is to reduce soil disturbance as much as possible um, so that you're protecting soil structure um, and um, soil processes driven by the microbes and earthworms and things like that. Um, so we're, we're trying to get to a, a completely no-till system on the integrated side. Um, but obviously there's potatoes in there. <laughs> so it, it, it works out as um, no-till or direct drill um, for five years in the six-year rotation. Um, and it's actually quite interesting having that potato year um, as, as, as where, where the soil is then um, completely disturbed. 
um, because you can look at over multiple rotations whether in the integrated system whether the no reduced disturbance in the intervening years um, whether that gives you an overall sort of stepwise improvement over time or whether that potato year knocks it right back to to the to the lower quality um, of the baseline you're probably not are you far enough into it in terms of rotations to know that as yet or you're that's that'll be something in no there's a, there's a hint yeah there's there's a hint that um that there is an improvement um in soil structure within the potato year under the integrated system um compared to conventional um but we we would need several rotations more um to get the full data set to to show that long-term trend um, and that's that's it, it's it's important for these kinds of studies to to be funded and to and to go ahead because it's rare to have such a long term data series um, to be able to look at those sorts of trends and and, and impacts over time. And you you're including other components, I suppose, within that um, system as well. You have organic manures, I read, and uh, you have reducing pesticides and reducing uh, chemical fertilizers. Um, I suppose that's a challenge we we have here in Ireland as well, especially with the Green Deal parameters coming at us in terms of trying to increase um, uh, carbon storage in soils, but also to reduce those other um, chemical inputs. Uh, maybe you might briefly describe what's going on in those areas in the trial. Yeah, sure. Um, so there, there are those those three sort of key aspects to it, really. Um, for the soil biophysical structure, that's all about increasing the carbon content of the soil, the organic matter content. Um, so to do this, we're um, adding um, green municipal waste compost at 10 tonnes per hectare every year. Um, but we're also um, chopping and incorporating the, the straw and crop residue as an additional carbon input. So that's rather than baling, um, the, the crop residue is incorporated also. Um, and there's cover crops as well. Um, so the extra biomass um, material that, that's, that's produced by the cover crop is incorporated. So there are an, a number of different strategies um, to input a higher level of, of carbon into the soil. Um, and this is important for crop rooting, getting a better soil structure for crop roots, which makes um, nutrient and water uptake more efficient um, and boosts the soil microbial community as well. So that's the aim of, of it. And on, on top of that, you've obviously got the, the reduced disturbance from the tillage as well. Um, for pesticides, um, we're using um, IPM sort of strategy, so blight forecasting to um, potentially reduce the number of applications of pesticides. Um, and it's this trying trying to take a more targeted approach rather than prophylactic sprays. Um, in addition to that, we've got um, biofortification minerals. So the idea here is to boost plant health. Um, and increase the resilience of the crop to pests and disease so they're more able to fight off any incidence of, of disease that, that's, that's there. This is the likes of biostimulants and that kind of thing, Cathy, or something different? Uh, no, no, it's, it's biostimulants. There's a whole area there that we're looking into um, and, and um, there are set, set sort of separate trials going on to, to um, look at what might be more most appropriate for the crops that we've got in the rotation. And then it's a case of choosing um, which look most beneficial and, in, and then incorporating those into the um, into the cropping systems part of the management and then we're, we're also we've also got wildflower margins um, and looking at increasing the diversity of infield weeds now this is to attract the natural enemies um, 
um, of crop pests and um, look at how, how that's uh, maintaining pest populations below threshold levels. So again, it's a, it's a, it's a combination of different approaches that, that together should give you a, a more efficient system. Okay, so um, as I said, it's 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 a very large, it's a very complex type system. Um, so for you, you for keeping on top of it. But is there any particular standout results um, which you have seen coming through that are stable across systems or years? Yeah, surprisingly, actually, we we weren't expecting to to get consistent results this early on. Um, in in a long term trial like this, it takes a, a a while for the differences between the systems to establish, particularly when you, when you're talking about soil. Um, but we have found um, that the increase in soil carbon is giving a better soil structure and um, a higher nutrient use efficiency. Um, so there's a knock-on effect through um, the soil structure to the um, crop plants. And we've been able over, uh, over the first rotation and, and into the second rotation to reduce the mineral fertilizer inputs quite substantially and still get no significant difference in, in yield um, between the cropping systems. Um, so that's been a really nice result. And we're, we're also finding um, uh, that the soil has got a sort of pest suppressive capability that's um, increasing as we go through um, the rotations over time. So at the start, the soil microbial community was a bit unbalanced and we ended up with um, a, a greater in incidence of soil-borne pathogens. But over time, that balance has, has, has come through better and um, it's, it's actually performing a, in a pest suppressive way. And when you say more efficient uh, nutrient use, is that nitrogen or P and K? Is that um, it's nitrogen that we're focused on, um, but P also. But I, I would need to go back and do the calculations to work that out properly. Um, nitrogen is the big one, the the, the because um, it's that that has the biggest impact on greenhouse gas emissions okay. and the carbon footprint. And so when, so obviously you're looking at two very different systems in terms of establishment systems there, um, and, and they are lots of very different complex things. Most people out there, I suppose, are on a conventional type of system. Is there any quick wins? Is there anything kind of coming through it that you could kind of say that, look, you're a conventional farmer, you can take, take this part of it up and you can... Um, you know, drive this through your uh, your management structure and it's a win-win for, for you and the environment and biodiversity and all the other parameters that you're looking at? Yes, definitely. Um, the thing that we've found over and over again with this is that um, you have to tailor your management system to your specific field and farm. There, there are no sort of um, gen general um, one size fits all kind of rules. Um, so, so what we're what we're trying to aim for is a pick and mix or, or toolbox toolkit um, type strategy. Um, so there's a there's a range of things that you can do, and you and and you you tailor that according to what your aims are on your farm um, and and the system that that you've got. Um, but overall, um, increasing the soil carbon and organic matter content um, and biodiversity strategies, particularly in terms of field margins, would, would be the two sort of really big obvious things that you could do that have, have the greatest knock-on effect um, to, to the rest of the system and maintaining those yields with a better environment. Okay, so 
A final question uh, for you, Cathy, and and look, I'd love to stay talking about this for a long time because it's it there's such a wealth of information coming out of it. But you mentioned the, the whole tailoring part um, that it, that a farmer needs to tailor to his own specific uh, circumstances on on the farm, um, which sounds like an increased level of management by any particular farm. I, I, and I suppose the corollary of that is that um, there be very little or, or less, I suppose, of the prophylactic treatments, the kind of, you know, one size fits all, took it out onto a hundred or a thousand acres and that's how we're going to manage it. Do we need a different type of education of, of farmers in the future to try and bring them up to the level where they should be to try and take advantage of, of, of all the um, results that you have here? Um, yeah, I, I, although um, in, in reverse, I think um, we've got a lot to learn from, from farmers' direct experience. I mean, they, they will know the, the land um, better than anybody. Um, so a lot of the things that we're saying, each, each, particu each particular option might seem dead obvious um, to, to, a, to a particular farmer. But if you're, if, if you're then combining strategies um, to increase efficiency, I think that's where the novelty is. Um, and, and, and those sorts of messages, if we, if, we can, if we can get them out there and discuss them with, with farmers for, for particular tailoring them to particular um, situations, I, I think there would be huge benefit there. Okay. Cathy, thanks very much for your time. Uh, it's been great to talk to you today and uh, hopefully we'll come back to you maybe later on in 2021 um, uh, and talk to you about the, the larger trials there or uh, and perhaps um, hook up with some of your colleagues as well with some of the other interesting trials you mentioned as well. So thanks very much. Great. Thank you very much. You'd be very welcome. That's it for the Tillage Edge this week and my thanks to Cathy for joining me. The Chagas Tillage Month continues with the first part of the National Tillage Conference scheduled for next Wednesday at 11.30am. For more details, go to www.chagas.ie forward slash tillage month for more details. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, recommend it to a friend or colleague and always rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming news, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.